Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. This is episode number 95 and we're recording on the 29th of August 2020. So let's jump into um, what we're going to be talking about this week. We're going to be talking about um, the box office and Disney Plus and streaming and just the whole conversation really about what's going on right now with um that whole situation. We'll be talking about the pricing of Mulan, the international release of that. We'll be talking about maybe the possibility of future premiere releases. And also we're talking about some other bits and pieces that are going to be coming to um, UK and other Disney Plus news. Before we go into any more of that, um, just a big thank you to all of our patrons and also YouTube channel members. So a big thank you to Jacob, Sarah, Joshua, The Juice, what's on netflix andrew julie lauren and also um drew and for all of your support um you can join from about two dollars over either on patreon or you can do it um on youtube as well where you can hit the little join access you get to ask me questions for the weekly q a show and also you get um extra bits and pieces as well so i just want to put that one out there but let's jump into it so um this obviously we're just over, under a week away now from Mulan coming to Disney Plus as Premier Access. Now, this week they also announced the international pricing. For example, in here in the UK, it's going to be priced at $19.99, while in Europe it will be priced at $21.99. But it also will not be coming to France because of their existing streaming laws. That works at about $27. So I know, you know, if you the currency rates right now are um, fluctuating quite a lot. Um, so that's why there's so while it's $30 in the US, I think $35 in Canada. Same as 35 in Australia and also 39 in New Zealand. So different prices, but they all tend to work at about $27. So for some reason, America is having to pay a little bit more. But a lot of that is down to currency fluctuations, as I said. Um, so that one's about to be hitting Disney Plus, And there's a lot of pressure really on Mulan to see where this goes, how it does for Disney. Because ultimately, they just released New Mutants in the cinemas this weekend. And well, the numbers aren't great. And um, we've got um, Tenant as well from Warner Brothers has just like reopened. And we've had Unhinged. And let's just say they're not taking a lot of money at the box office. Um, for example, I think Unhinged only took $4 million. Um, internationally, you know, we're, we're, even though cinemas are open up worldwide, um, they just they just not take a lot of money. A lot of the people not going. I know I looked to go to see uh, New Mutants this weekend at my local cinema, and when I did, every single showing was completely empty. Um, not that I want to go, and I'm not planning on going. Um, I'd much rather pay the money. To, you know, so while I not necessarily 100% agree with the Premier Access system, I do think it's the best thing for for me right now. Um, but James, moving on. So, uh, what about um, New Mutants? What's it like over in the states with, with New Mutants at the minute? Um, I can only speak to my local theater. I, I don't know like the broad uh, situation, though I could probably take a yeah. pretty educated guess at it. Uh, just speaking for my local theaters, I also took a look at the tickets. I didn't have any serious interest in actually going, but I wanted to see uh, were people buying tickets. And in fact, no, people are not in my area buying tickets. Uh, I've got two local theaters. Both of them were showing it. Uh, different chains, so it's not like overlap or anything. And I think out of the... 10 different screenings I checked for Friday. Uh, there were a total of three tickets sold uh, yeah. at the time I checked. Now, granted, uh, that doesn't take into account people who make a spontaneous decision. You know, they're, they're at the mall that the theater is at, and maybe they walk in and, and see it. 
but I can't imagine that's a huge crowd. I, I think at most we're talking maybe 10 more people total spread out between yeah. 10 showings. If that is kind of an indication of what it looks like more broadly, uh, some states will have more people because they're taking this less seriously. Other states will have less people because they're mm. taking it more seriously. Averages out. That's mm. kind of what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think obviously like California and New York are cinemas are still closed. So that's actually a massive issue. Um, for example, here in the UK, if you go to the cinema, you, can't, you have to wear a mask. But if you're drinking or eating, um, you don't have to wear one. And they're doing the whole social distancing thing. Um, I know some people that have gone and seen movies and stuff, and they, they say they feel fine. Um, there was a video went up this week. Um, Tom Cruise went off to see Tenant at the cinema and was surprised he got recognized in his um, mask. Um, but right now, I mean, I literally, there was an advert on TV last night um, showcasing all the stuff that's coming to cinemas and lots of reruns and just saying, you know, love your cinema, go back and all that. And they're just trying to build up confidence. And new mutants looking here. The first bit of information is in the US, um, into, or the box office for the Thursday previews was $750,000. That was what it took, um, which obviously is not a lot. Um, I mean, this is the thing. Disney, I think, have thrown new mutants out as the canary in the coal mine. They knew that things were going to be bad, and I think they knew they had to try something. And New Mutants is a movie that they already didn't have faith in, they didn't like, they've pushed back multiple times, they just want to get it out there. So in some way, New Mutants made the perfect um, one to throw out there. And also, and I think this is the thing everyone, we have to look at, what is it going to, is it going to meet their expectations of what they're expecting? Because if not, this would change, I think, the whole fall and winter schedule going forward. And they've got um, was it uh, another movie coming? They got a couple of other movies coming out in September, including uh, the David Copperfield movie. Um, so they, they'll be watching all of these to see what's going on, and I think this will ultimately impact what happens with uh, Black Widow and Soul, depending especially on what happens with Mulan next weekend. You know, if they pull in the money on Mulan, I can bet that there's much more conversations going on. We'll come back to that one in a second because yeah. that, that's a whole topic by itself. Yeah. But I don't think they're actually watching New Mutants all that closely. There's a certain amount of canary in the coal mine, obviously, yeah. going on here. But I think that they were fully aware that this was going to go out to die. It wasn't a maybe it'll do okay. We just want to see how badly it's going to get massacred at this point. Uh, additionally, we'll talk about the investor call in coming weeks as we get closer yeah. to it. But I think this also relates to that. This gives them perfect plausible deniability to go in front of investors and go, yeah, well, we tried with New Mutants and people just aren't ready yet. It, it's not nobody's fault. It's certainly not the movie's fault. It's just yeah. a bad environment uh, because they talk differently to customers yeah. than they do to stakeholders. The other thing as well is you've got to look at it. Of, this also could get them out off the hook with cinema chains as well for a while. Because they can turn around and go, well, we tried to give you something, but you just don't have the customers. Um, and they can kind of use, they'll use a few movies because they've already, they've moved back the Kingsman that was supposed to be coming out in September. They've already shifted that one back to February. So they're still reshuffling dates even now because they looked at that one and went, yeah, we don't want, we want this one to make money. Um, and that's, you know, they're still, they, they're still doing stuff. Um, I mean, literally now, I don't think, I mean, the next big Disney movie now, we've got Black Widow and Soul in November. Yeah, you've got a few Fox Searchlight movies coming in, but Disney's got nothing else on, on the plate for, you know, another two months. 
Well, why don't we transition that into Milan? Because I think, as you alluded to, yeah. both Soul and Black Widow are going to weigh very heavily on how Milan performs mm-hmm. next week. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, it's, it's a really interesting one because if you look at the online like reaction to it, there's a lot of people that are 100% against this. They don't like it. They don't want it to be a test. They don't want, you know, they're asking people not to buy it. They don't want things happening. And they said, and it's a bit like this like weird thing of going, had this been released on iTunes instead of Disney Plus as a premiere, would it have gained the same uh, noise? I think there would have been people going, oh, well, it should have come to Disney Plus. You know, there's a lot of talk of going, oh, I don't want to pay more for it. And it's a bit like, yeah, Disney kind of set themselves up with moving Artemis Fowl and the one and only Ivan. They kind of, and even in some respect, even onward, they've set that tone of like going, well, if we can't make it to cinemas, you get it for free or we just delay it. Well, they've reached a point where they can't keep delaying. I understand why Mulan are doing it from a business, from a business point of view. And I look at it very much like had it been released in cinemas or on iTunes, it probably wouldn't be on Disney plus until three months to maybe six months from now. That's and under normal circumstances. Had the movie only just been released in cinemas in March, it would only just about hit in Disney plus probably November time anyway. Um, and had it been released in cinemas this week, we wouldn't. I wouldn't expect to see it on Disney Plus until maybe January, February. You know, and that's we've kind of. I think over the last five months, we've kind of forgotten how the system was working before it because we've kind of got used to everything just dropping onto Disney Plus. And in some way, like here in the UK, we got Frozen Two in July. We still haven't got Onward here yet. You know, it's still in cinemas. I think it's still like the second or third best. Um, box, still taking money at the cinema because people are going, the people that are going onward is still showing there. You know, we still not got it here because it shouldn't have been in on Disney Plus for a few more months. So it is that kind of weird thing of I think Disney skewed ex- expectations for how quickly movies would arrive during the pandemic. Yeah, and I think people who are looking at this and going, uh, this should be like uh, the one and only Ivan or Artemis Fowl, just drop it onto yeah. Disney Plus, give us a bone on this. Uh, they're either not arguing in good faith. They understand that there is a massive difference between Black yeah. Widow and, and Ivan. And they just, they just want it for free, yeah. which I, I get. I, yeah. We all want things for free. Mm-hmm. Or they don't understand how business works and they don't, or this specific business works. And they don't get that, yeah, there are movies that are made on lower budgets. There are movies that are made on bigger budgets and they're treated differently. That, that's always been true. That's not specific to this. Uh, so I generally don't really engage with people who like it should just drop onto Disney plus. Yeah. No, I do agree. However, that things would be different if it was on iTunes, if it was on Amazon, uh, Google play, whatever other yeah. services, there is something different about saying, no, this is specific to Disney plus you have to pay for it on top of the subscription and Oh yeah, you have to keep paying the subscription if you want to maintain access yeah. to it, even though you paid for it. There's a lot to unpack in that. And it's, it's not a great look if we're being honest about it. I, th- I think the trouble is, I think Disney plus has kind of been set up as this budget streaming service that everyone's looking at and going, Oh, this is fantastic. Cheap price. We get everything we want and we all want more. And you know, you look at what like HBO Max is doing at their price and you're looking at Netflix and other ones, you know, they all are much more expensive than Disney plus. So, you know, you look at, you know, we've got, I mean, in, in August, we have had four 
four new original movies all drop onto Disney Plus. With Magic Camp, we had the one and only uh, uh, Ivan, the new Phileas and Ferb movie, and also Howard. Now, in all honesty, probably all four of them probably would have the same budget as Mulan. It's just, you know, it probably costs just as much to make all four of them as Mulan. And that's why Mulan is in a different position is because the budget is so much higher than everything else. You know, yes, Mulan probably would have, would, would Mulan bring in a lot more subscribers to Disney Plus? Don't know. The trouble is right now, there's a whole other issue with Mulan and it's just, it is a nightmare really because like Disney have essentially got to that point of they can't keep pushing back. Um, so it's going to be interesting how all this works because, you know, if Mulan, if, you know, I mean, we look at like Trolls and a few of the other movies that Universal have, have released, they've all had really good numbers because people are starved for content. And that's going to be happening right through the fall where we've got much less to watch and you want to watch it. I mean, it's like now I'm thinking on Friday after we finish work and we've had our tea, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch Mulan. You know, we're going to watch it. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to pay. Um, I, I think for me, the 19.99 that went just a little bit lower than I was expecting. So therefore now it's like, oh, okay, okay. it would have cost me a fiver to go on cinema, and then it would have cost me five to park. And then if my wife went, then we're looking at 15, so you know, even just watching it once, it would have cost me 15 quid for the two of us to go cinema. So it's not a, not a huge amount in it. Um, and that's going to our budget cinema. I mean, there are a lot, a lot, lots of cinemas that are a little bit more pricey. So for me, I'm going, mm, that's not too bad, really. I think had it been 29.99 over here, I probably would have been a bit more like, you know. What would uh, twenty nine ninety be? Twenty nine ninety um, How much would that be in in America? <laughs> yeah, right, twenty nine English pounds into the dollar would be yeah, nearly forty dollars. Yeah, that's that's absurd. And, and yeah. I'm, and I'm I've already stated yeah. like thirty dollars is too much for me. But that's yeah. because I'm watching it alone. Yeah. You get to split the cost with your wife, even if you're paying the whole thing. Yeah. At least you can say two people are watching it. Uh, if my either of my sisters were going to watch it with their spouses, you know, that's, that cuts the cost, you know, nieces, nephews, all that helps to, to alleviate the cost as well. So yeah, 30 bucks or, you know, whatever it yeah. ends up being elsewhere. It, it's all situational. It all depends mm -hmm. on your current thing. And, and yeah. we don't know what the price would have been if they'd put it on iTunes. Cause the, it would have been, I think it would have been, of, I mean, if it was a well, I think the only difference would have been if it had been the same. It might have been about the same price, but you've only had access for forty-eight hours. Um, I think I think they were doing um one of the movies that they released. I think Bill and Ted. I think it's twenty dollars to rent and twenty-five dollars to buy. So, that's, I I don't think that they're actually that. That's one of those economic theories where they're like, oh, it's just five dollars more to buy. So you yeah. know, the, you know where they twist you. <laughs> It'd be a bit different if it was 20 and 30. Then you'd be like, well, $20, that's a $10 difference. I'm only going to watch it once. All right, we'll go with the 20. Uh, but 20 and 25, you're like, whatever. I'll just just own it. Who knows? I'll watch it again at some point. Um, but we don't know how it would have gone for Milan. Would they have pushed the $30 price? Would it have pushed down to a $25 or a $20 price? I, I suspect they would have gone 30 no matter what they were released on. But it still has that, well, I own it. And, and I own it until Apple Music goes away, which yeah. is probably not anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, that's the other kind of argument people are going, you know, I like to buy the, the Blu-ray versions. 
And I know obviously in the US, when you buy the physical version, you also get the digital version. It doesn't happen over here in the UK. So we don't have, I haven't kind of got it. I don't, I haven't really purchased hardly any movies digitally because it's just, and I'll be honest, there's a little bit on the lines of, I'm going to get stung on whichever platform I go for is the one that's going to end up going bankrupt. Or something. <laughs> I'm just like, I just, I've just given, I'm, I'm happy. The streaming system, I think because again, I've had Disney life for another for about three, four years before Disney plus. So I've kind of the concept of the vault being available to me, I've had for about four or five years now. So therefore it's kind of got to that point of, while I do own a load of DVDs, I haven't brought one in over a year and I wouldn't be buying anyone now because I've got used to them being available at any given point for years now. And I don't think that's going to change. And if they do change, then so be it. But I don't tend to go back and watch library content that much anyway. I like new stuff. I like watching new things. And yeah, it's, I think that's the difference of the physical version. I agree with that. Like if, if I'm buying it physically, it's something I'm going to watch multiple times. I own the Marvel movies. I own most of the Star Wars movies. Um, I own the right stuff, the movie, uh, things like that. I know I'm going to watch them repeatedly, so it makes sense. I'm sorry, little tangent. For what, when you were talking there, it reminded me a couple of years ago, I, I finally convinced my parents to throw away their Betamax uh, <laughs> movies. They didn't even own a Betamax player. I don't think we owned one this century. Like We're, we're going back to the 80s, but and I swear they're not hoarders, but it, they were just like, well, we might watch these someday. Like, you're not going to watch them. Get rid of them. Yes. Yeah. I, I remember having that conversation with my wife um, when we were moving in. Going, I was like, boxes of video. Darling, what? we don't have a video machine. Yeah. So, well, why are we keeping all these videos? Yeah, well, and I mean, I've got to be honest. Betamax was great because um, back in the day, it was like when I was a teenager, you could get around the VHS copy protection with a Betamax. <laughs> My, my, my cousin showed my cousin showed me and it, yeah, you know, you know, I was like 12, 13 I couldn't afford video you know I didn't have it you know just stacks and stacks of you know and my, my cousin had worked out that it, it, it worked and you know it was kind of one of those things of like for me Betamax is always like oh yeah that, that was a cool thing that was I was using technology that was old at the time and getting around it and it's like I mean, there's probably people that are like, oh, the Betamax? It was like, it's like, we're going back. I, I, dread to, I mean, it was technically better quality than VHS, but um, it was the same thing my mum was asking about um, DVD. You know, and she goes, well, can I borrow your laptop? No, mum, they don't have any DVD drives on them. And I was like, well, how am I going to watch this video? I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Why did they, why did they sell it to you on a DVD? Um, I'm just like, yeah, it's, I don't know. I There's that kind of thing of, I always find with this physical thing, of go, having gone through, Betamax, VHS, DVD, HD, DVD, Blu-ray. I'm kind of at the thing of going, yeah, these physical things, they all sound great in theory that you've got them for life, but I haven't. I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've brought Star Wars so many times over and over again. It's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, my new way is through Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so one last story, and then we'll get back on this. <laughs> this is my go-to, like, technology always changes story. Second grade, uh, we're talking, like, 1980-something here. Uh, we're in my first computer class. This is where I learned what computers are. The teacher hands all of us five and a quarter floppies. Oh, yeah. The big ones. And the teacher gets up at the, the front of the class, and it's like, if you take care of this floppy, it'll last you through college. <laughs> like, it didn't even last me through freaking grade school. I, it was, it was yeah. replaced by 3.5s. We had zip drives. I, mm. I don't think I could even 
even if I still had the floppy, I don't think I would be able to find a way to read it. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, no, my, my first computer, I had the five and a, you know, five and a half inch floppy disk. And I used to go to college at my computer class with my little box full of those um, you know, boxes and boxes of, of floppy disks. And that's it. I think and maybe that's the difference of feeling like these, trans, these formats are so, you know, they, they come and go. Nothing lasts, you know, I, you know, I remember going in and walking around my MVC and HMVs looking at laser discs going, oh, when I get a real job, this is why I don't want to buy this. This is the future. You could like cook a pizza on them because they were so big. I mean, I remember when, Blue, when DVDs came out and I was buying them for, you know, in the special section of the, of the store and they were like 25 bucks. And you're going like, this was back in the 90s and it's like this... No, and it's like with hate. I haven't brought any HD DVD or any of the 4K Blu-rays. My Xbox can play them, but it's just one of the lines of, I am not. I just went. I am not buying these movies again. And I was just like, no. And that's, I think that's the thing of like this whole thing, like with Mulan, of like you're gonna buy it. So I'm like, well, and you not you don't have it for life. I've done this so many. I've. You know, I don't know. I've, I, just, I think I've just got to the thing of like, you know what's going to really happen with me, Mulan? I'm probably going to watch it three times. That'll probably be better. I will, yeah, and that's it. And I don't know. It's just for me personally, I know how I am with 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 formats. And so I'm looking at like Mulan at £20 and going, okay, I really, I've been wanting to watch this movie. I think had it been another, you know, had this been Cinderella, or Maleficent, maybe not. But if it'd been like Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't be buying it. I'm. I'm looking forward to Mulan because of how it looks. It's a movie that's appealing to me of what I like. Same thing. Had you said that to me with Aladdin, I probably wouldn't. I really enjoyed that movie, but I would probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger on it so quick. Yeah, there's certainly that to it as well, and that's going to be a big part of what comes from the let's call it the Mulan experiment here. Um, at what at what level are they going to start putting movies out on this service from this? Because if they make enough money, you can expect expect Black Widow will come on here. But will Soul come on here? Will uh, some of the movies that are farther down the line, like well, I would say The Kingsman, but obviously that's not coming yeah. to Disney Plus. That's way too mature for it. But as an example, would that be? the kind of thing that would show up on here? Or are they going to be like, eh, nobody's going to pay $30 for that movie. Let's do a different distribution. And well, this, yeah, oh, go okay, ahead. Carry on. I was going to say, this is the thing of this idea of premier access, you know, Bob Chapek has said it's a one-off. Um, and a lot of people kind of going, they haven't built this entire system up and planning it. If it's a one-off, maybe if it fails miserably, it will be a one-off. But I have a feeling that regardless of what goes on from now on, Premier Access is going to be part of Disney Plus as part of its system. However, I think we are going to see a little bit of a difference of when maybe, I don't even know, right? So let's go on the old system now of, say, for example, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Let's take that as an example. Came out in cinemas and it was added, it was available to purchase, I think it was about mid, mid-March um, on digital platforms. That could have been a point where it could have been a, a premier access on Disney Plus. I put it on there at the same, maybe the same price or a little bit cheaper. They could have put it on there and go, well, it's going to be available here for three months early before it arrives on Disney Plus for everybody else. Maybe not necessarily priced at $30, but 
that's the way I'm looking at it going, well, this could just become part of their like home video release schedule. We'll just start popping it on there for a few months first. The other issue going forward is, are they going to follow like what Universal have done with AMC where cinemas only get a 17 day exclusive window. So therefore something like New Mutants could come to Disney Plus's premier access in three weeks time and get around it that way. I know a lot of people might say the HBO, different if it's painful that's, that's, that's the, the key issue there we know those are the two things i'm looking at with premier access as the future yeah and i'll say this for for everyone listening this is actually a choice that you get to make uh all of us get to make there is probably no release in recent memory probably not even back to like 2000 or, or before where disney is going to be watching this so very closely. So if you feel strongly about this one way or another, you think premiere access, I get a theatrical quality movie for $30. I get to keep my kids entertained for, for weeks for just $30. This is fantastic. Then buy it. If you are on the other side of the fence, you go, this is a terrible idea. I, I cannot support this at all. I, I, the, there are problems with it. I don't want to have to pay the subscription, whatever. Then don't buy it. Every single vote in this is going to count. And you can, you can talk about it on Twitter. You can talk about it on Facebook. You can be, this is awful. You can rally, you know, boycott, censor, or buy, or whatever. At the end of the day, it's going to be the purchases. And that's going to determine pretty much everything moving yeah. forward. And the big thing, is, for me, it's not even just that right now. Is I think they are looking at what's going to be happening with cinemas. Is they are not expecting to have any major blockbusters hit a billion for maybe a year or two, right? There is no movie that is going to pull in the audiences that it needs to, you know, the days of a packed theater, you know, we ain't going to be seeing that at least right through probably till, you know, next year at some point. Um, so therefore this is the problem. Now I just wanted to bring up this something a little bit of, this is where, this is where the big numbers comes in. So for example, in, in August last week in the US, the US box office took $6 million. $6 million, which was up nearly $6 million from five weeks before that when there was nothing out, when there was hardly any cinemas open. Right, you go back to February, we're looking at date, uh, numbers between 100 million and 190 million. Some weeks in January were nearly two, over 200 million. So even on like last, last week with cinemas being open, they took, you know, some of them being open, they took 6 million. In January, they were taking 100 to 200 million. That is the difference of why studios are looking at, because if they can make 50 million at, through Disney Plus, or if they can make that money um, through digital video on demand, they are making that money up. Every business is having to adapt. And this is not just Disney, every single business, you know, I know the way you work has changed, where, I, where my business has changed. You know, we are all ch having to change. And this is going to be something moving forward that the days that old cinema release schedule they can't use for the next two years. As much as Disney want to go back to it, Universal doesn't. This is going to keep changing. And these movies, they are going to have to come out on video on demand systems. They're going to be going to the cinema owners going, you can either share it with us or you're not having it because they are just going to be going, now the people aren't going. You know, you can have it at the cinemas, but we need to be able to sell it elsewhere. And I think we're just going to see that. And the cinemas are going to be given the choice of, you know, studios don't need the cinemas, but the cinemas need studios. And as much as the studios 
like the money coming from from the from the cinemas right now they aren't providing that so they'll go somewhere else yeah and it's also important to to say you know the entire month um you know earlier in the year that's like 190 million dollars we're in the middle well we're at the end of the summer season yeah summer season if a movie doesn't make 190 million like a, a brand new opening movie doesn't make 190 million in the opening weekend alone it's normally a failure at this time of year. I mean, obviously, they're, they're, obvi- yeah. they're going to be the small movies. So, yeah. But we're talking about the weekend blockbusters. And there's normally a weekend blockbuster, like every day from, yeah. or every week, from May well, to August. Sorry, go well, ahead. Last, last year, for the same week, they took $123 million, and that's in the U.S. Okay, so that was the same week um, last year. So just pure like for like, week for week, there was over a hundred million dollars difference between what was available. Now, obviously there's not a lot of movies out and there are some differences, but that is the problem of what New Mutants is coming up again. Say, let's say New Mutants gets four or five million in. Yeah, it might have pulled in 50 million and, still, and it still would have been considered a flop. You know, it still would have been, oh, that's awful. You know, but, you know, if they can only pull in a few million, this will be where this is what they're looking at. And tenant, tenant is going to have a bit. That's this is the one. That's what they're all watching. They're all watching to see what happens with that one. I think they were really hoping the tenant would pull people into theaters. And I know it'll do better than most other movies would have unlaunched under the same circumstances. But it's it's not going to do anywhere near the numbers that they wanted it to. Um, also, worth keeping in mind that we're talking about gen, you know general box office numbers here. You apply it to Milan. They were expecting Milan to make over a billion dollars total, not not opening weekend, obviously. Uh, and right now, I my guess is they're really just checking to see that they're going to get their money back as an investment on Milan at this point. So this is just a, some examples of some things here. So last July, we had The Lion King. So the, the week The Lion King came out, the domestic box office for the whole of the US was $374 million. It was 200 million the following week and a little bit after that so that was that week toy story 4 come out was about 300 million aladdin was 270 million avengers endgame you know we're looking here at 526 million and um, this is you know there you know we're talking hundreds and millions and now we're talking they're not even hitting double digits and the box office numbers is how many people are going. I know, like you said, places are down. But if you have a cinema, and I know this with my business in the real world right now as well, you have a cinema and you have 100 seats and you take away 50 to 60 of them for social distancing, you instantly 50, you are instantly 50 to 60% down on total capacity on your, you know, on a full house instantly. That's before you've even taken into the account that trying to get people in. You know, and that's ultimately the problem. You know, cinemas are, are going to have, there'll be less on and they can have more screens showing the same movies. But, you know, when you're hearing of like, things like Empire Strikes Back and, you know, Avengers all being in cinemas, you know, they're, they're pulling in some money. But, you know, I know a friend of mine, he went and saw, you know, he went and saw, um, I think it was a tenant the other day at the cinema. And I've seen quite a few people saying they've gone off and it's been empty and it's quiet. But there's also that whole thing as well of, as we're going into this winter, things are going to go up. You know, ultimately, you know, the, the, the amount of people that are affected are going to go up and it's going to get worse. So I think Mulan really is, if this does well, I think, you know, I, Seoul, I think is definitely a prime, a prime target if Mulan does well. 
Um, Black Widow might be able to pull it in, but they know they can get all the Marvel fans and get all the Marvel fans um, doing it. To be honest, if if Black Widow launches at a thirty dollars price point and the same, I would probably buy it. I would. Most of the Marvel movies, with the exception of I think Far From Home, I normally watch in the theaters twice. Uh, that that no particular reason. I just enjoy them enough that I go yeah. and see them twice. That would probably be the same for Black Widow. So it makes financial sense. Well. I'd still prefer to go see it in the theater, but it, I could at least justify it to myself. Go, I'll watch it twice. That means $15 a show. Okay. Um, but like you said, it really will depend on how Mulan does. And if, if Mulan, they break even, I, they'll call it a win. And, and they'll probably say, no, we'll, we'll do it for the mid upper tier, something like Seoul. And Black Widow will kind of hold out hope that we can do this properly at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think just moving forward, you know, we've just got to, you know, there is going to be a change. I'm just looking here. Um, I wanted to see what else we've got coming up. So uh, the Kingsman has been moved. Death on the Nile is the next, probably next big one, which is the 9th of October. Um, so that's going to be, that might even again, because things can change between there. So that might be um, to see how that goes in the middle. But yeah, I don't know, because it might be willing. There is also the other thing as well of, um, there's a difference between adults that will go and then there's a difference between families that will go as well because I mean obviously our schools are going back and all the rest of it but will a family want to go see a movie together would they want to take the risk with everybody whereas an adult on its own might look at going and there's a, there is that difference as well of like whether or not a family would go compared to you know an, a sort of a younger person that maybe wants, wants to go Right. Like I wouldn't necessarily be like, yep, I'm going to take the nieces and nephews. We're going to go see death on the Nile this week. Yeah. I feel like I, that's a good way to waste two hours and and several tickets worth of money. Plus all the accompanying food as well. That's not a commentary on death of the Nile. It's just simply, (laughs) I don't think kids are going to enjoy that one so much. Yeah. So moving on from there a little bit, um, Disney actually are, I've teamed up with a company out in Australia. And they're going to be um, doing a drive-in cinema. And it's being publicized as a Disney Plus experience. And they're going to be doing it in Brisbane from the 17th of September through to October. Before moving on to Sydney, where they'll be there from 22nd of October to the 15th of November. And then we're moving on to Melbourne. Now, they've not announced any dates for Melbourne or anything like that. Because currently, Victoria is in lockdown due to more um, things going on. So nothing's open they can't run anything. So that's why the Melbourne ones probably haven't been announced yet because they just don't know if they will be able to run because right now there's nothing going on in Victoria. Now, they're going to be showing so many different movies. Like pretty much like nearly every night is a completely different movie. They're doing, you know, you take your car in, you pay one price if there's two of you. If there's three of you, you get it. You have to pay a little bit more. But then special theme nights like Marvel Mondays and Star Wars Wednesdays. And yeah, this is just kind of like a really kind of weird thing of like, they're doing something. It's connected to Disney Plus. People can get out and watch a movie. I was a bit like, okay, this is like a really weird. Because the thing is, for as well for Australia, they're going into their spring and summer. You know, um, so it's just the weather's starting to get nicer. I mean, there's been some snow down in Victoria recently, but they've, you know, they're going into into the into the summer. So therefore, they're going into the nicer weather. So therefore, they can go through the winter and have the. You know, for us, you know, we're now starting to go into autumn, fall. Things are starting to change. It's starting to get colder. You know, 
the, the, the they're doing drive-ins and stuff near us for like the Lion King and all these different things. But then, um, you know, the other night, my sister-in-law couldn't go to the drive-in cinema because it was raining. We had, uh, you know, and that actually was, they cancelled the event. You know, this is why drive-ins don't work in the UK <laughs> in the, in the, in the, in the, very well. Well, it, it is largely dependent on local climate. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of drive-ins not that far from me. I actually just looked one up while you were talking. I'm like, oh, wait, are they, they active right now? And it's actually showing Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home as a double feature. I'm like, oh, maybe I should go and, and get my double showing of uh, Far From <laughs> Home in to keep that record going. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think I've mentioned in previous podcasts, at least out in the Midwest area, they've, they've kind of had a resurgence during this because you can feel secure. You're in your own car. You're not, you know... Uh, you know, yeah. uh, air conditioned, refreshed air, sharing everything, all that fun stuff. Uh, it's probably not that popular right now because a lot of the Midwest is kind of on fire at the moment. Yeah. Uh, like I yeah. have not been going outside because even though I'm not near the fires, the air quality is horrific. Uh, we just finally got some rain, so it cleared up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's just, and again, you know, you've, you've had that awful um, hurricane just go through through like Louis, you know there's all these different things and that's the problem with with outdoor events and i don't know it's just it was just very interesting to see how disney have kind of done, done this in australia with these drive-ins events and teamed up with them i mean that yeah it's just a, an interesting thing and again we've we're, we're probably at that point now where we're five to six months from the start of this whole pandemic so therefore planning they, they are people are trying to think outside the box um but Ultimately, yeah, they're doing a Disney Plus drive-in. Um, moving on from there, um, the UK, we've got the official list of what's coming to Disney Plus in the UK. Not as much in the US as per normal, but there was a couple of very good movies coming. And these are also going to be coming to other countries as well, um, except for the US. Um, we've got Spies in Disguise. It's going to be dropping on Friday the 11th. Um, I know that's going to come to Australia the following week. Whereas on the 25th of... We're going to be getting uh, the Call of the Call of the Wild with um, Harrison Ford, which came out just before, just as all this stuff was starting to happen back in February. Um, yeah, so we're getting two great new Fox movies that you know I've not seen either of them, and I've wanted to watch both of them. We're also getting Horton Horton Here's a Who. Uh, that one's going to be coming to like Canada and America as well. So we're getting a couple of good movies. Um, so I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at September's lineup and going, yeah, that's pretty good. Two movies I've not seen before that are, you know, six months since they were at cinemas. And a lot of people are asking about Onward and going, well, these movies came out December and February, and now we're getting them in September. So that's the time frame. But it's nice to see, you know, how these 20th century studio movies would be arriving on Disney Plus had you not had that HBO contract. Yes. And... While they're not available in the States, I do know that Spies in Disguise, at least, is generally readily available for rent uh, through the, the normal services. I, I even know, saw it at my library the other day. They had a number of copies kind of sitting on there. Like, so maybe I'll, I'll check it's that coming, out. It's coming to HBO Max, I think, on the 5th of uh, 5th, right. uh, September. So it's, it is coming to HBO Max um, in the next uh, coming weeks as well. So if you've got that. There you go. Um, so yeah, so that one is that one. Um, also, just a little bit of fun news uh, that we wanted to talk about a little bit was um, this week was Gamescom, which should have been happening in Germany, but obviously the event got cancelled. Um, but they went virtual. We got to see some new content of a brand new uh, 
Lego Star Wars video game called the Skywalker Saga. And during the announcement, they had said that it would actually also include some DLC character packs from Rogue One Solo, but also The Mandalorian and The Bad Batch, which are both obviously Disney Plus shows. And also if you do buy some of the new sets like the new Razor's Quest or the Advent Calendar, which is part of the Christmas special, you can get a little code in there and you can play the characters in the game. So they have pushed the game back to spring, um, which is sad, but... um, yeah, I was just like, oh, we're getting DLC on the Bad Batch and the Mandalorian. It's like, okay, cool. I, it's like, I was a, it was a bit like it dropped back, and I'm going. Oh. And I looked at the rest of the schedule for the rest of the video games for the winter, and going, yeah, it's probably for the best. <laughs> I I was disappointed that it it uh, got delayed. I do like the Lego Star Wars games. They they're a lot of fun. Even the Force Awakens was a really good game a, a handful of years ago. Um, but if it means you know, getting some more polish, getting it ready for for launch. I'm all for it. Uh, character packs have been a tradition in Lego games for a very long time, so this isn't exactly new. As long as they follow the pricing model that they've had in the past, they're normally a handful of dollars, cup of coffee kind of money. Perfectly reasonable for, for that. I'm fine with that. The, this is, it'll be a good way for them to keep going with it. And then, Potentially, you know, when Kenobi eventually comes out, maybe when they finally get back into making some other content on top of these, uh, they can get added in in the future as well. Either way, good news. And I also, I really like the interaction with the uh, with the actual physical sets. It, it's it's not a reason to go buy the set if you weren't. The, that's a yeah. really bad. That's, very expensive uh, <laughs> that, that's a very expensive way. I'm sure you'll be able to buy some codes on eBay from people who want the set but don't have the game. Yeah. That's generally pretty pretty easy to do. But it is a nice little bonus uh, if you were already planning on buying those sets. What's that me? I mean, I've I've got the the Razor Quest um, set pre-ordered, so I'll have the code. So um, I've been imming and ahhing on the on the on the. Every every year, I think with the with the advent calendar that I would be like, you know what, I should do this, and you know, they people put it up as their stories or their social media things, and it's like, okay, this year I am going to pull the trigger, but <laughs> I'm going to do it. But also, um, so that's probably kind of wraps up most of the news bit. So before we go into, we both watched the the new Phineas and Ferb movie. Um, I watched it last night. And I know you, because we were a little, both of us, I think we're both in that thing again. We've not really watched the series. We don't really know what's going on. Should we watch this one? And I was like, I, yeah. I, I have, yeah. I've never watched the series at all. Um, yeah. I did want to watch a couple episodes going into this. Sorry, I cut you off there. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, I've seen one, I've seen two episodes, which I watched like two weeks ago. Um, I didn't never really knew about the characters until the Disney Infinity video game when the character packs came out. And at the time we were doing an Infinity podcast, so we brought them because we had to do it. So I watched the movie and I was a bit like, I, I was like, what's going on? I'm going, okay, it really does. Ha- it kind of has set it up that you really don't have to watch any of them. I did feel like they did a good enough job of like doing it as an intro. You kind of got the gist of, you know, you had a bit, a bit of a montage at the beginning of why Candence hates her brothers. And I thought that this was like, okay, cool. That kind of explained it enough for me to kind of carry on. I'm like, okay. And, you know, the thing of the, you know, the mum never gets there. I thought they actually did a quite a good job of setting that whole up, the whole thing up. And I mean, the whole thing maybe with the super villain and, the, the platypus was like okay they, they I do think as far as I'm concerned I watched that movie and I went 
okay, I think I got a gist of the whole sh- of the whole series now. I kind of get it. Yeah, um, going in mostly blind, I was like, okay, I I get the the setup. I understand where the characters stand in relation to each other. Um, but yeah, that was one weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> I the, the way I'm thinking about it is this movie is like the textbook definition of hit and miss. Uh, It's rapid fire jokes, like Mm. meta jokes in, in universe jokes, just randomness all over the place. And I had about a 50, 50 hit rate on uh, either me kind of chuckling a little bit and going, huh, that's clever. And the others just like staring at it going, what's, what is going on right now? I don't, why is there a, alien elephant in space i don't what yeah i mean it, it was a bit i it was i'll be honest it was i wasn't really kind of watching it in like full-blown i was you know i was putting together the videos for last night but i'm just gonna put it on in the background because it's it and i was i was i'm just being on it quite a few times i was just standing there, I was like, oh, i'm actually supposed to be doing some other stuff because i was i was i did kind of often get pulled into it and i was watching it i'm going I was like, yeah, it's funny. I thought, if you're a fan of the movie, you're going to love it. Um, we'd already decided um, on the website that Jeremy was going to do the review for it because he'd at least seen the series. So he was, so I knew I didn't, it was like, well, I'm going to do a written review. So I was like, <laughs> it was, I'm only going to like watch it and do the podcast. It's like, because if I'm doing a written review, I kind of really try and focus on it and do it properly. But it was like, and I watched it and I went, okay. I was like, actually, if I had done a review, it would have been a positive review because I enjoyed it. And I'm not going to watch it again, but I I was sitting there going, well, this is like a like a, a high quality like episode. It's like an extra long episode, you know. I can't imagine. I would imagine the budget on this was because it didn't look it didn't it, it didn't look good, but then sometimes it did look like they they, they kind of done stuff on it. I mean, there's a whole thing of like when they <laughs> when they were in the ship and they ended up having the two guys, I think Dan and Swampy, like talking about it. It's like, it was so random. It was so- that, that one definitely was a miss for me. I know which part you're talking about, but I think they even mentioned in the song, like we spent all our animation budget on this song. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Meta. Um, yeah. Overall positive. I, I, I did enjoy the overall experience. And I think a 50, 50 hit rate on the jokes is fine considering how quickly those jokes are coming in. If one misses for you, don't worry. There's another joke right around the corner. And some of them truly were really clever. It was like, all right, that's fun commentary right there. Um, It does not push the priority of watching the television show up any higher for me. I think uh, there was nothing in it where it was like, Oh, I have to go back and see what I missed in everything else. It, I'm not going to not, watch it but it's now not like uh maybe maybe it'll be the next one maybe it won't be the next (laughs) one i don't know it depends on what 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 kind of catches my eye um that's that feels kind of like a backhanded compliment it's not an insult to the show it's just uh yeah i I enjoyed it and i think as you said people who have followed the show who who've watched all the seasons have watched all the other um movies and spinoffs and stuff are gonna or honestly i think they'll love it yeah i mean i be honest i kind of watched it i thought i've again i've got no desire to go watch the other ones i kind of feel like i got the gist of it all and understand it and i was like yeah i liked it i thought it worked very well i'm hoping we get to see a lot more of this kind of stuff i mean i know there's some other series as well that would quite happily i think have a continuation i mean i know they're in talks for a third movie and i'm like i hope people watch it i hope people get the numbers up um i hope this one because 
this is what, and especially right now where they can make these things from home because that's what they'll be doing. I mean, if you follow the creator Dan on social media, he is posting wacky videos constantly promoting this. He has been, I mean, you've got to, if, like, he has been completely, you know, because I think he plays uh, Dr. Doof or whatever he's called. And, you know, it's just that kind of thing. I'm like, I watched this, I thought that was a lot of fun. That was really, this is exactly what Disney Plus needs because it's one of those weird things of, if you look at like Disney Plus and the like, and everyone talks about it being a kid's thing and it's full of Disney Channel stuff, you know, this is like the first animated movie or animated thing other than a short that we've had on Disney Plus since it launched. You know, and we thought we would be seeing loads of Disney Plus cartoons and series and stuff moving over. This is the only thing. We haven't seen anything. Yeah, there's definitely that. Um, and not all of that is, is COVID related. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was expectations versus what we got in reality and i would like to see more things like this but not not specifically phineas and ferb sure get get the next movie i would watch the next movie if they released it um but just in general new properties pull up some of the old properties um you know give a starkwing duck while you're at it actually yeah (laughs) i I did i did forget the um they obviously had the clone wars but i don't really count that in the same vein but um, yeah, I mean, it's that kind of thing of like, you know, with a Darkwing Duck. I know they brought it, they brought him back for the DuckTales um, series. But yeah, just as a whole, I was just like, I sort of watched it and was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I think we should have more of this. It's like, and also the kind of, kind of quite cool, like 2D, 2D drawing animation. Like, you know, these are things are obviously, you know, they're not in that same sort of budget zone as, you know, the big movies like Toy Story or anything like that. But I was like, this is such a cool one. I'm really hoping people enjoy it. I, I liked it. I'm glad I watched it. I I kind of got to the end and went, okay, no, I, I'm really, I was pleased with it. I thought, okay, that, that was fine. I mean, so that that's always a good thing. I was kind of got to the end and went, that was so much better than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I know I've been kind of like wishy-washy, 50-50 hit rate, but overall, I enjoyed it. I think most people enjoy it, just go into it and expect randomness. And of course, if you liked the series, You've probably already watched it or are planning to watch it. You're going to love it if you haven't seen it yet. Anything else you've been watching on Disney Plus this past week? Uh, I did check out The Muppets. Uh, so that was uh, my complaint last week where yeah. they, you know, we had the repetition of the same yeah. skits over and over again. They actually had a new section in this one. Uh, masterpiece something or other. There might have been a skit for that for the first episode, but it's far enough apart that yeah. It felt new, which was great. It was more like sketch comedy rather than the improv comedy that they've been doing. And honestly, I hope that they take that and do more of that if they get a second season. Um, yeah, that. And I finally got around to watching The Greatest Showman, which oh, yeah. I really did dig the music <laughs> in that yeah. a lot. The music's catchy. It's, it's designed to be catchy. Um, it's poppy. Uh, the story went about as, as I expected. If I take it as a fictional yeah. thing, don't connect it to the real P.T. Barnum, it's fine. Uh, yeah. Pretty by the number, but fine. Well executed. And I'll just be like, no, there's no connection at all to someone who was absolutely terrible as a human being. Uh, I'll be honest, I'd, 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 never, I'd never even heard of the bloke till the movie came out. So I did oh. like, no, 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 I mean, I got home from work yesterday. My wife's got the soundtrack on and she's singing, you know, so I, we've just been loving that soundtrack. I mean, I, I, why it didn't get added over here? I don't know, but it's, a, I don't know. Um, yeah. P.T. Barnum, 
is is somebody that I think most kids in America yeah. will at least be familiar with. I remember going to the circuit, the the traveling yeah. P.T. Barnum circus as a kid, uh, seeing the elephants, seeing the animals, all the, the tricks and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I imagine that is very yeah. uniquely American. doesn't make as yeah. much sense outside the States. No, that's the thing. Um, I mean, also this week, I've been watching more episodes of Once Upon a Time because we got the first four seasons a couple of weeks ago. So I'm working my way through season one. Uh, that one is coming, all seven seasons are coming to the US in the middle of September. The other three seasons are coming onto the UK the first week of September, along with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season six, and which is good because I'm looking forward to that one because I only saw half of season six and until I got rid of Amazon Prime. So I didn't, I didn't have access to anything. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm, so I get the middle, I'm going, okay, cool. I can actually, and it's like, weird figure. I can watch normal shows. I can watch like mainstream, you know, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Once Upon a Time will be what I'll be watching. It, and it's like, you know, rather than, it's like, yeah, it's, it is kind of quite nice to be able to put, I just put it on. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I'll be honest, I, I, I jumped back into Fortnite this week with Marvel. So it was a bit like, um, yeah, so I, mean, I was jumped, just like, even though we got the Marvel video game coming out, I was like, that's such bad timing. I haven't got enough time in the world to play two Marvel games at the same time. Now, now that you're working again. Uh... Yeah, I don't like it. I'm not, I'm not really not like it. <laughs> I, uh, I know it's just like, it's like everyone hated lockdown. It was like, I got so much gaming. <laughs> yeah, and um, you reminded me, not this past week, but in the last several weeks, I've, I finished off Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We had the series finale here uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I did finish that off. Um, wasn't in love with the final season. Didn't hate it. It, it was just kind of a thing. That said, the final episode uh, I felt was a very satisfying end to the series. Yeah. Not necessarily to the season. It was kind of a very abrupt mm-hmm. ending to the season. But for the series as a whole, there were a lot of nice little throwbacks to the beginning, uh, various seasons that you mm-hmm. felt like they kind of remembered the history of the show. And it tied a nice little bow around things. You can go, all right, I'm done with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I do hope, I won't spoil anything, but I do hope that they, some of the final places that some of the characters end up do end up getting referenced elsewhere. There's one major one, uh, which will be very obvious when you see yeah. it, where I'm like, please include this in the movies. This is a very important thing yeah. that you do. They won't, but yeah. it'd be nice anyway. I think that was the thing. I mean, ultimately, it's not going to be available um, on Disney Plus in the US for a couple more years. Unfortunately, due to Netflix, um, they get like a two-year window from when it ends. Um, so that was that's the only issue for the US. But yeah, I think in some ways, it's nice for them to actually finish off. Um, I mean, they kind of ended up really kind of splitting season six and seven, I think, into two seasons to kind of do that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, I think with the abrupt ending of everything else, it's kind of quite nice that they did actually finish it. You know, and sometimes I, I really, it's one of the things I really do hate about TV shows of where, you know, they, they set all this stuff up and they set all the plans up and then they cancel the show or the show doesn't get renewed. And they never, they never, you never get that often get that ending. So it's nice when you actually do get that. Um, we don't get that very often nowadays. Everything just gets canceled and then, well, okay, we, we'll never find out what happened. You know, the amount of times my wife will stop at a TV show on, on Sky and, you know, and I'll turn and go, yeah, it's been cancelled. So should we carry on? We've done that so many times. If I know the show's cancelled before I even start watching, I sometimes won't even be like, nah, no point. I'm not investing myself. 
I'm kind of that way with Netflix shows at this point too, because so many of them just get canceled abruptly uh, yeah. that it's it's very frustrating to to be like I'm invested in this show and oh there's no season. Obviously, some continue on, some don't. Uh, I mean, the the Marvel shows didn't get a proper ending, but they didn't end at a place where you're yeah. like. Uh, why are you stopping here? I mean, they, they set up some nice storylines that would have been fun to follow through with, but oh well. Um, but every once in a while, you get those shows where it's like, well, it ended on a cliffhanger. You can't end this on a cliffhanger. What's going on? I will say, you do occasionally get the other end of the spectrum too, where you're like, the, the, the people creating it, are this is the last season. Yeah. The, the, it is done. And then the, the directors or the, the executives come around and like, Hey, this is really popular. Make two more seasons. Like, we tied everything up. All the storylines are done. It's like, eh, two more seasons. And you're like, and they they scramble. Um, I'm thinking of specifically like Babylon Five here, but I know there are plenty of other examples too. Oh God, yeah, don't. Talk. Um, my dad is still watching Babylon Five every night. He still watches <laughs> it every, constantly. Twenty five years later, um, I think one that reminded me was um, I think V. They did that. Mm -hmm. They did the remake of V. And that never came back. I think Lost was one, like you said, where it was like they kind of had an idea and then they had to extend it a few seasons. And that's when they got lost, literally, in the idea of they didn't really know what they were doing. I think I think some of the ones like X-Files X was maybe something a bit like that as well, where I remember it kind of getting like the fifth or fourth season going, this is going nowhere. <laughs> it's just going around and around. Um, um, on a side note, apparently they're making a new um, animated series for Fox. One of those weird ones where 20th Century Fox is making it, or 20th Century, so Disney are making it for Fox. So one of the, it must be some co weird contract thing with them, I would I, imagine. I, don't know. I will say Lost was originally going to be, I think, a 13-episode series, and then it turned out so popular, like, nope, keep going. So yeah. that, that's definitely an example. The Battlestar Galactica remake was another one. It was supposed to be that miniseries, and they got to the end of the miniseries, and, like, people are watching this, keep, keep going, yeah. keep going. And you can definitely tell with both of those shows, whether or not you liked them in the end, whether you were satisfied with the way they ended, there are definitely parts of those shows uh, where you're just like, you guys were literally just throwing stuff on paper to have something ready to go because you were not expecting to have to write this. Yeah, I mean, I have the other issue of like, I remember like, especially like with the DC shows like Arrow and Flash, where you would get, and I think even sometimes Riverdale and people where you'd get to like the, the mid season bit where they'd like wrap up the stories and then start like a fresh new story in like the 14th episode because they've got to do another 10 episodes and you'd always be like, um, okay, you've been like, this just was weird. And I, you see it in so many American, and that's why I'm really happy with some of these American shows now where you're adopting our system of doing much more limited runs, shorter seasons, just seems to tell us, you know, you have as many episodes as you need to tell the story rather than trying to fit the 21 or the 22 episodes. And you, because uh, it's like, you know, and then like the Obi Wan Kenobi series, I mean, a lot of people, you know, probably only going to be about four episodes. I mean, we go, it's so short. I was like, I was like well, I'm looking again. Sherlock was only three episodes a season and they were fantastic. You know, that's right. And I'd rather, rather have three awesome episodes than nine dull episodes. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it really doesn't have anything to do with the length. The, the DC shows are an obvious one because they, they get out to the 22, 24 episode season and you're like, there is so much padding in this. Uh, Agents of yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. was definitely uh, a victim of this too yeah. during its longer seasons and the earlier part of it. 
But even the Marvel Netflix shows had this problem and they were only 13 episodes for yeah. the most part. You're like, you get to the first, the season one of Luke Cage and you get a seven, seven or eight or something like, okay, we wrapped up the storyline. Here's a new villain. Like what? what? Yeah. It's Why literally that? like two entirely different storylines simply because they had 13 episodes to fill. And you could see it with pretty much all of them, except for the defenders. Yeah. Uh, now, whether Eight episodes. You can say plenty of things about the Defenders. I know a lot of people were disappointed with it, but it was a focused story. You had, there were twists and turns and changes, but it was a story for eight episodes and that was it. And it, it definitely was better for that. I think that's why, like, you know, when it shows like Smallville and Arrows of where you had Monster of the Week, that was something that fitted the, the, the concept of doing these longer episodes. But with the story arcs, it doesn't work the same. And I think that's where they always come in. But nevertheless, that's a whole other different issue. So again, big thank you again to everyone for joining us. Um, again, a big thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon and also on the YouTube members. Um, yeah, couldn't do it without you guys. It really does make a big difference and you can join too. Remember as well, you can follow us over on Facebook. You can either follow us on the Facebook page or you can follow us in our Facebook group, which has over 135,000 members. And you can also find us on Twitter at Disney Plus News. And yeah, again, you can find us on the audio platforms and video platforms like YouTube. And on that note, guys, thank you very much for watching. We'll see you guys soon. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.